FGC Jump Squad, your premier Tekken podcast. Hey everyone, this is Job Squad episode, I believe, 29. Is this 29? Yes, sir. It's like a bad yeah, start already. And I'm your host, Kadar, aka Kadizi. I'm here with my co-host Ian, aka Pickle, and we got a very special guest with us today. We got a post combo breaker 10v10 with the organizer himself, Josh, aka Isage. How are you doing, man? It was happening, guys. Thanks for having What's me. Up? How's combo breaker, man? Um as you can hear, I'm still trying to get my voice completely back. Uh, it was a, it was a blast. It was my, it was my first combo breaker. Um, I've been wanting to go for quite a while, and you know that the first major kind of after COVID that seemed like the best one, and um, you know also happened to be nice because ended up being like thirty some odd you know European players coming, so we were able to set up a little shindig and. Have a blast. I ended up working most of the weekend running the Tekken tournament and running the exhibition. Um, so I'm a little, I'm getting older now too. So I'm feeling those concrete floors, you know, on the hips, ankles, and knees. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walk around, dude. Yeah. Every, dude, every tournament weekend, man, you get like all those steps in, like thighs rubbing together and shit. Maybe not for you guys. You guys are probably slower than me, but that shit's no joke. I, I think I legit lost like about 10, 15 pounds over the weekend, <laughs> just just hustling, hustling, hustling. <laughs> yeah, usually at tournaments, you don't even get to eat proper meals either, right? So, no, shoot, way to lose that, weight. That, yeah, yeah, I, I thought good. I was going to be able to do so at this one um, because one of the things that was, was nice about Combo Breaker was that they uh, they feed the volunteers. You know, I've you know, been a bit part of Final Round for a long time, and that's something that we try and do as well. But um, they actually had things catered. You know, we kind of did the, the Chick fil A breakfast sandwiches mm-hmm. and then you know bring pizza do do that type of stuff to try and get people fe- get the volunteers fed but uh you know combo breaker had uh you know, they had a couple different things they had it catered a few different times unfortunately um every time it was catered i was working a shift so i i didn't get to partake in it i got to get like the leftovers water at the end. yeah it is, oh, it is what it is yeah, yeah so. <laughs> So that is what it is, but I got to experience the uh, the restaurants in the area, so it worked out <laughs> for sure. So, so people, for people who don't know, Josh, uh, uh, I said here he organized the ten v ten at the NA versus Europe, and um, that shit looked like a blast on TV, man. It was like I think everyone on Twitter is talking about. Okay, like, that's when the FOMO set in, just seeing people get lit and stuff. But before we even talk about the event stuff, how did you get to the point where you know? where you are in the Tekken community. How do you even get introduced to Tekken, you know, the FGC? You know, let's, let's take it all the way back. You know, it's kind of funny that we're having this conversation because earlier today I was kind of sitting here thinking, like, how do you do a memoir, you know, FGC style? You write a few chapters in a twit longer, I guess. But I was like, well, how would that go for me? But, you know, I guess the best way to start is from the, you know, the very beginning. Uh, you know, I'm definitely a little longer in the tooth than a lot of the folks out there now, born in 83. Uh, for you know, early ex- video game experiences on Ataris and things like that. 
had a you know Nintendo when it you know when I was pretty young. But uh, what really got me into fighting games was uh, Street Fighter Two. I was actually um, I, I was on a daycare field trip to a Pizza Hut because that was back when the personal pan pizzas were absolute fire. <laughs> remember when you got them for the uh, the little reading program that you had? If you read enough books, you got to have the free personal pan pizza. Yeah, and that you know reading uh reading is what got me there. And when I got there, we had they had the old little tabletop. Uh, arcade cabinet where you sit down you have one person at the other side and one person has to play upside down that one had street oh. fighter uh had a copy of street fighter 2 in it world warrior and i had seen it before at the uh you know the arcade when i had gone with my mom and so i'm sitting there like okay well i've got like an extra dollar or two i didn't know it was supposed to be for a tip i was a kid i didn't know any better so i uh said well here let me i want to play this game and some of the other kids were playing and everyone was was getting beat up by uh the first character, and I believe it was Chun Li, actually. And uh, I ended up getting my turn. I picked Ryu and got about three wins. And you know, for a seven, eight year old kid, that's you know, that's like, oh my god, I, I must be good at this. So, um, <laughs> you know, really enjoyed it. In fact, it's kind of funny um, when I had gotten the console version of Street Fighter Two, um, I was actually on a little family vacation in Daytona. Um, the, 30, almost 30 years later was back for uh ceo um <clears throat> but got you know b- bought a street fighter 2 you know with the little the good grades money you know, i'd saved it up for the whole year and uh picked that up over the summer and i mean it just really started a love affair I, you know stuck with fighters you know mortal Kombat, of course the all the controversy there I, I actually got to play that at a little water park called myrtle waves in myrtle beach um and I was a big virtual fighter fan as well. Huge virtual fighter fan, virtual fighter one and two. And, uh, one day I stopped at the South of the border tourist trap in the, at the South Carolina, North Carolina border on my way back and forth between, uh, you know, visitations with my dad. And there was Tekken one. And I had, like I said, I had loved virtual fighter. I saw Tekken and uh, my mom saw it as well. She's like, Oh, this is you know really cool. She's been in it for a big part of her life. So she was immediately kind of, you know, really interested in the technological aspects of the game with 3D, all that. But, uh, I mean, it just, that turned into a love affair that, you know, still continues today. I <laughs> played a lot of Tekken 1. Uh, didn't play as much Tekken 2, but loved Tekken 3. Um, t- you know, started, you know, doing a little, reading, looking up stuff. Uh, you know, it was a little bit before Game Facts, but um, around the time Tekken Tag 1 came out, um, there was a guide written by a dude named Cat Lord who uh, lives in New Jersey. I would actually get to meet this dude during Tekken 5.0 years later. And uh, he would actually, he, he had a pretty good job where he'd be able to buy um, the latest board for Street Fighter, I'm sorry, for Tekken. And he would create the move list. Like he'd go through, check things out, and do all that stuff. So that's how we were able to get all the move lists, sample combo, stuff like that. Um, it was going to the arc, little local arcade here fairly often. Uh, decided that towards the end of Tag 1, after getting beat up by a couple of regular people at the arcade often, that you know I want to be really good at this game. So I started picking ogres. I started looking up more stuff. <laughs> was going on uh, the back in the day, the old uh, bullet, the old uh, news groups bulletin boards. And that was, was Tekken.net, right? Tekken.net was one of the earlier ones. Well, even even uh, earlier, it was back during the, the alt dot, you know, I don't even think we actually had a, a news groups back then. It was probably, yeah, it was Tekken Net days. I mean, I, at the time, you know, it was not a whole lot of people on the internet, so it was a lot easier to just, like, go to a website and be like, oh, well, let me 
read first. And so, I mean, it took me about whew, two years before I finally registered a, an account on Tekken's Ibatsu. And I actually had registered it so that I could ask if anyone thought about crouch canceling um, Craig Marduk's Veltudo stance and ended up make, ended up kind of set, uh, creating the concept for Veltudo stepping. That's now a big part of his, his juggle, juggle game today. Um, became one of the best players in the, in the U.S. for a Tekken 4. It was a Marek player. Uh, Way Gamble was actually, uh, used to live in Columbia, about an hour and a half north of me, was my regular rival. Went out to Evo, got himself ninth place, told me that he played every Marduk out there. He waxed them all. He said, you were definitely the top Marduk, and you would have easily been top eight if you got to go. So um, that Damn. was very Damn nice to hear. Feel, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, that felt, I mean, it felt, you know what, actually it felt worse than good because it was one of those things where it was like, man, I missed out. Like, I could have done so well. And, um, you know, so we ended up, uh, I ended up going to Evo in 2005, I want to say, uh, for Tekken 5.0. But I mean, just ever since I kind of got online with, you know, Tekken Zaibatsu, I you know, was doing a lot of stuff here, trying to build a local scene and a state scene. And it's, it's just always been community, 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 community. And, I mean, even when I stopped playing competitively, I can actually tell you the exact date I stopped playing competitively because it was on accident. <laughs> it was um, when they announced Tekken 6, when they first announced Tekken 6. They, when that announcement came out, I made that dumb decision of, I'm going to stop playing so that I don't have any bad habits and so that when the new game comes out, I play the new game, not Tekken 5 DR. And then it took wow. us about two and a half, three years for us to finally get the damn game because Bamco wanted to test it in arcades and make us wait for a year because they had to make it up to the arcade owners for kind of putting out most of them out of business with a 5.0 when they forced them to buy a $16 arcade cabinet and then a stack of cards that was $5 per card. So God, yeah. that's so expensive. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Whew, I mean, that's the banner passes were that much per. Oh yeah. They're $5 a card. What uh, at least, like at least, a, so they'd get like a stack of them for like a it cost a lot to get like a mm-hmm. stack. I, in fact, I, I had I worked at a Namco arcade as well. Um, just before uh 5.0 had come out, I had worked at I had worked at it during Tekken 4, and um, yeah, no, it, they were they were shouting out money, even the Bamco arcades are having to pay for them. So, can you explain how those those cards worked? Because I'm yeah, always a so, part of that that arcade scene, so I don't really know exactly how those worked. So, I mean, imagine like a basically a credit card, credit card size card, and there's a chip inside. And you just throw, push that card into the, they got little slots in the cabinet, which is another reason why you had to buy the cabinet special because it had the card readers and it had the play, right. had the PlayStation port so you can plug a controller. And, um, <clears throat> but so the, um, you would put the card in, you'd start your game and it would basically save your data. You, it would save your win loss record. Um, you would earn, you know, gold or fight money, whatever the currency was, and you can buy customization items for the character. You can change the colors of the, you know, different parts of the the costume, and then you had, of course, a rank attached to it as well. And that's kind of where really the whole rank and customizations, that whole thing, started with 5.0. Um, and then they only had it out there in the arcades for about six, about eight months before they put it on console and that people stopped going to the arcades to play it because, you know, arcade owners were charging folks like a dollar a game. And yeah, that, fuck that. And so as you could probably imagine that hurt pretty bad during, you know, and then of course recession was not far away that came in 2008. Right. So it was just, it, it, it was kind of that, uh, 
that extra oomph to get to put arcades into the grave in the U.S. So that was unfortunate. But um, so yeah, so one so one thing we like like hear a lot about it that like at that time is like I guess arcade versus arcade culture and kind of like region versus region culture. Was there any of that like back then? Oh like, man, Oof. yes, um, a lot of it actually still exists today. Um, the the old East Coast West Coast war is very much alive. Um, it's just it's now being played, you know, played out in Discord calls where we're you know people are negotiating and figuring out tournaments and who's going to work, you know, who's going to who's going to get the, to broadcast the event and such. All oh, right, um, yeah, it's it's very much a um, it, it's very much East Coast West Coast, you know, East West Coast players because uh, here's ultimately kind of how it came down to, and I'm not trying to simplify and say this how it always was, but this is a lot of things kind of flowed stereotypically. You know, most of the Cali players had money. They, you know, they had access to a lot of players from Japan, Korea. You know, it was a lot easier for those players to fly to Cali than it was to, say, New York. Um, and as, as a result, they, were, you know, they had relationships that they were able to foster. I mean, when you you live down, when you live around this corner from Bandai Namco, you know, America headquarters, and you've been playing a game for a while, after a few years, you eventually get the foot in the door or you know someone who knows someone. And, you know, so... That was one of the big issues back in the day was that, you know, East Coast, we always thought of ourselves as, you know, we're really good. It was actually um, East Coast, West Coast, and then there was also the Midwest and the South were kind of the forgotten children. That was a big reason why uh, UFGT was started by Keats and Combo Breaker with Rick has been so dedicated to the Midwest because, you know, the no coast, no kings, that that's came from how how prevalent the East Coast, West Coast rivalries were. And that's when you had, you know, it was it was just how it kind of always was. But it, it was, it still exists today. Um, you know, I, 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 I not you know, I, I don't really have anything to hide. Just look at look at who's look at who's involved with with broadcasting um, events for different games. A team spooky, um, right? Well, team spooky is based out of New York. But if we look at right now, who's uh, doing a lot of stuff for Bandai Namco? That'd be Ten O. All right. Yeah. Most of those, yep. of those right. guys come from our Cali, our Cali base. The core is Cali based. A lot of those guys were previously part of Level Up Your Game, and prior to that, SD Tekken, which was San Diego Tekken. Um, and so, a lot, you know, as a result, a lot of stuff kind of stays within um, that. You know, as as they've been kind of trolling lately, it stays in that that inner circle, that friend circle. Um, whether or not that's purposeful or, or not, I'll let them be the ones to kind of figure that out. And, you know, it's on them. But um, that, that stuff still exists today because, as you can probably imagine, a lot some of those folks were around during those times and where it was kind of like, hey, you know, why doesn't Cat, why doesn't the West Coast come out to East Coast tournaments? Oh, well, you guys got to come out to our tournaments. You know, that's why Jop, back in the day, probably one of the best Tech and Tag One players, that's why he went out to Cali and, Proceeded to whoop the dog shit out of everybody over there to show them how how good we were over in the south. Um, but yeah, man, that stuff still exists today. Maybe not on as as much of a level. Maybe now it's more of a uh, a pseudo hype, if you will. You know, I, it's I don't know of anyone here in South Carolina that's like, yeah, South Carolina. You know, we're still kind of shamed from the Civil War, so we kind of kind of stay in our lane. You know, <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, 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 we fuck up a lot. I'm gonna. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep quiet over here. But, you know, in areas with, like, great scenes like New York City, 
Chicago. Not that not that anyone else that doesn't have a great scene, but maybe a, a larger, more, uh, stronger scene. Atlanta, etc. You definitely see that see that stuff there, and it, it's fun. It creates a, a little rivalry. It allows you to play, but yeah, I mean, I, I stopped playing back in Tekken like just before, when they announced Tekken Six, um, and then when it finally hit console, I hadn't been playing fighters for about two or three years. I'd actually been um, taking care of my my grandfather, and you know, he had had a late stage COPD, and but despite that, you know, I had never stopped toing. You know, we needed a to in my local area. Um, when I was at final round six or seven, the Tekken bracket runner just left and I knew how to <laughs> run a, and I knew how brackets work. So I literally, I just picked the bracket up and just started calling names and then walked up to Shin Blanc afterwards. I'm like, here you go. Tekken tournament's done. And he was just like, wait, who are you? Where's this person? Oh, they left. And here's the bracket. Wait, what? And he was like, what time is it? Like, oh yeah, no, we finished, we finished, uh, you know, we finished late. But not as late as we were going to. I, you know, we were supposed to finish at like one o'clock in the morning. I got us done at nine thirty, and he's just like, "Okay, cool, you're on staff." So that uh, that started the whole final round relationship, and eventually worked myself up to kind of like the third in command. There, um, I was the floor operations manager, and just I mean, that's kind of really where the story ends, if you will. Like I went from playing to being a TO, and that whole time of just all I've wanted to do is make sure that. We, you know, we do right by the community, do great things for them. I, I was a, a lost 17 year old when I got into it, you know, was really starting to play a lot and learned a lot about myself and ended up being able to parlay the skills that I learned from fighting games, believe it or not, into a career in IT security, making decent money. Now I'm able to support a family as a sole income. I just bought a house. So like, I, I feel like I have to give back. So that's what I, that's why I'm still here. I'm third. How old am I now? Am I? I'm thirty. I'll be thirty nine <laughs> this year. So after, as you as you get older, you forget how old you are. And it's not dude, because I, you're forgetful. I, I started missing my age at like twenty six, dude. Dude, it's I hard, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, you start do, you have to do math. It's just like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that, this would carry the one. I, don't I was born on February. That means, um, you know. <laughs> oh, that's the worst part. Be like, oh, I'm in October. I got a little time. But yeah, so I mean, I'm thirty eight. I'll be thirty nine this year. Uh, I mean, my best playing days are well behind me. I don't, I don't foresee any circumstances appearing where someone's going to be like, I mean, y'all let's be honest with you. Not many people are investing in me as a TO and a community advocate. I don't think <laughs> people are going to invest in me as a, as a player at this point, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the last 20 years all wrapped up into 20 minutes, if you will. That's cool. Yeah, TOing is man. A lot of people think it's like going back to the guy who just left and you just stepping up. I remember like um, I volunteered to to run a bracket for Evo like many years ago, and I I wanted to just fucking leave too, but I, I like got through. But I was just thinking like, dude, this is not for everyone because it's it's nothing glamorous about it. You're just standing there and calling matches and just you know what I mean. But the people who do it for like it's a selfless thing. That's that's what it is. It's and the people who like get into it and enjoy it. Those are the MVPs, man. Because it's it's really not that fun. It's maybe fulfilling, but it's it's a big it's reason work. why a, a lot of events now they just you know most bracket judges are straight up volunteers. A lot of them aren't you know employed by the events. In fact, it's getting to a point now where game leads now are uh, you know when I was with final round, the game lead was a very um, prestigious role. I mean, you were tasked with making sure that tournament ran and everything that it was seated like that was your baby. And, you know, 
going from that to combo breaker where, I mean, I think I got, you know, even though I was splitting duties, half of those duties with another person, um, you know, I, I maybe got a fifth of what I made at make at final round. And I mean, that's, and that's not including, you know, my, my hotel being covered. So, uh, definitely a labor of love. <laughs> I've now right. volunteered for CEO and combo breaker. I think that at this point now, um, you know, especially with the recent results of the 10 v 10, if, uh, if someone wants me there, they they can pay me, they can set me up with a room and we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion. I'll, I'll be there to work for you. And hell I'll work with people who I've, I don't have the best relationships with. Cause you know, like I've, like I mentioned to, uh, someone the other night, I'm not here for the the very the, the small payouts that people are now are complaining about again, and I'm not here <laughs> for the whatever type of clout I guess people think exists in this very niche hobby that we have. Yeah, that nobody's and, ever heard uh, of. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I don't give a damn about any of that, and I know there's a lot of people that do as much as they try and deny it. You know, I'm here to help people have memorable experiences to help, you know, to help enrich them lives and make them better people. That's, that's why I'm here. So, um, but you know what, you're going to have to pay me because me being there, that's why your tournament ran so well. That's why people trust you. So, so, so overall was Calm Breaker like a smooth tournament? Um, you know, I, I never like to speak on behalf of other games. Um, that's something I, I never did, even when I yeah. found around. So I, I can only really attest to Tekken. I personally believe I think that Tekken went incredibly well. I know there were some hiccups early on with some um, initial complaints regarding the seeds. Um, and that's and that's just something that happens every tournament, especially every large tournament. Right. Um, it's because as we we just kind of mentioned here, a lot of these players have no idea what it's like to be a TO. They don't understand you know, putting the miles on their shoes. They don't understand that the thankless work, the, the, oh, it's a lot of work too. Um, I mean, I'm sure you got, you know, we, we I know we're going to get into a later, but I'm sure that you, when you guys are watching the, uh, 10 V 10, you know, I, Correct. You, you never heard my name mentioned, did you? No, I didn't know who you were until like after the whole tournament, you know? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah people giving you the props afterwards. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something too, that, uh, that I think that needs to be done better. Um, you know, I, I think yeah, that when, you brought the hype. I mean, if you're the one who organized it, you, you, that's like the most memorable thing of the weekend. And that's well, like you know, I, the majority it's, of what it's, most it's, people it's watch. Kind of, it's, it's, it's frustrating because um, I wasn't the only one that organized it. What, you know, I, I actually had had the idea. I mean, this is something that Anakin even said on the, on a recent interview that he had done for a mini documentary that had taken place during the event, which I, which by the way, I wasn't talked to about either, even though I was what I was basically the co-coordinator for the event. Um, but that's, you know, this is something that we've been wanting to do for like 20 years now. Back at final round, I ended up having to crowdfund um, me and Nin and thank goodness for LTRAV2K coming in with like a, like a straight thousand dollars at the end up kind of secure those plane tickets so wait, what'd you how, coordinate can you talk about that whole thing what, what oh happened? yeah um this was back in i want to say maybe 2012 ish um so th- well, there was a ceo that uh Jibali flew a bunch of players from japan out to and this created a lot of issues with the to's at the time um, while there's never been a league of to's by any stretch of the imagination at the very least back in the day there was some communication and um when Jibali flew those players out it created a lot of issues because 
that's not something that can be afforded, nor is that something that can be a precedent. Um, and so that was that kind of was what became the demand, like, oh, we have to get international players at these events, which, as I mentioned earlier, we it was hard enough to get them to Cali or Evo. You know, getting them to the East Coast wasn't an option, which is why Jabali kind of had to fly him out. Um, but we did, we crowdsourced it. We went strictly through the Tekken community, Tekken Zaibatsu. Um, and I, I'm not sure if we even mentioned it on Shoryuken. I think I probably didn't just because I didn't want to you know, cross any wires there, make make Street Fighter players ask, well, why aren't we doing this for Street Fighter? But, um, you know, just over time, while eventually we ended up getting the money raised, I uh, worked with a guy named Wes who had helped, who was um, based out of NorCal, I believe. Um, Wes is awesome, super nice dude. Uh, he had he was Korean, had, um, I guess, relationships with Korean players. So he was that liaison for us back in the day. And so worked with Wes, ended up getting me and Nin uh, plane tickets, had them fly over for a final round. That was the first one that, you know, they had been, you know, that we had actually gotten them to out on the East Coast. So that was a, a big, big, big deal for us. And then we followed that up a few years later with, during uh, Tag 2, the Venezuelans came up. And and played, and I think we had we also had JDCR present uh, that year as well. I think I had a couple of Koreans, um, and so we had and we had always kind of wanted to do exhibitions, team events. You know, that was something that was always kind of ran on the Friday nights, uh, maybe not as big, and they were always spur of the moment because it was just another way for you know the players to effectively gamble. You know, hey, you guys want to sign up for this event? Pay twenty dollars, okay. Um, but you know, this is something that it's. It's been in the works for a long time, and right. you know, and final round uh, twenty twenty. The original plan was I, I actually had worked out um, had a financial model in place in order to fly the players out, but we were going to get about um, six different six to eight teams. Um, we were going to have a North American team, South American team, um, a Southeast Asian team, a you know, South Asia, South Asia, Middle Asia team, an EU team, an African team, an Oceania team that would also include the Philippines, and then we also had, uh, and then we were going to have a, a um, like a fan vote team to decide who the final team would be for basically people who weren't already connected. I had already communicated with AK. Um, I believe I had spoken with Pab as well for the Philippines. I mean, I, I had worked with. I mean, you you name a name like Arslan, Ni, nee, Chanel. I had already talked to them, had arrangements set, and then COVID happened. So that was that. I mean, I I was right there. I was right there, ready to happen. Um, So we fast forward here to you know, few months, you know, a couple months back. um, Good friend of mine, Shirtle, who's an EU uh, player, um, used to be an old Marduk player who actually roomed with him at CEO. He shared with me that, oh my god. This is kind of crazy because your Craig Marduk guide is what taught me how to play Tekken. And I had written one on Tekken Zaibatsu years and years ago. And so mm-hmm. it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, cool, you know, we're helping people. But um, yeah. so that's, I always wonder nice why he was at every event. Good. You know, I always, always wonder why nice to... was at every event. Sorry, I just wanted to add it in. I never knew why he was always a part of like all these um, like major events. I always see him. And I'm like, how come he's like the only guy from, he says from the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like I usually only see him sometimes as some some American majors. I never knew why. So that's probably why then, right? Well, not just that. He was, you know, he's 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 been smart with his money. He's been very smart with his money, um, and so he's been able to do it. Now, the recent conversation with him is, you know, the 
is the funds are not quite what they used, you know, not quite as uh yeah, not quite as free as they used to be. He's still got the funds, just he's got you know, bills and such that have to kind of start being covered. So might not be able to travel as much, but yeah, I mean, he was coming over often. He got to play with the New York players a lot, but um, he had mentioned he's like, oh my goodness, there's a bunch of us going from Europe. It would be awesome to do like some type of team tournament or something. And Spag Spaghetti Rip saw that and uh, did a stream basically that night. Um, talked and got a few of his buddies on there. I think Kawis was one of them, a few others, and they started talking about who could be on Team EU. So they started debating all that and playing with it. And then uh, he also he went and tagged Rick, Mark, and Steve um, as you know, a couple of his fellow Tenno guys, along with Rick, who was running Combo Breaker, um, and said, "Hey, you know, we've got." a bunch of folks from the EU coming, let's do a team tournament. And, you know, I I had seen that as, like I said, I had something already, you know, teed up ready for final round. So I put my head and said, Hey, I, if I'd be more than happy to take care of this, I figured with, you know, Rick was going to be more than busy enough with handling everything else. That last thing he was going to want to do was deal with setting up an exhibition as well. And so, He's yeah. probably even like reading emails for Evo and shit like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, oof. I, yeah, yeah. In fact, actually around that time, I think he was having some of those initial Evo conversations as well, but I, I I'm not sure I want to speak for other people, but uh, I mean, he basically gave me the green light, gave me the blessing said, Hey, I know that, you know, Isis was wanting to do, th- do this a while back. So he'd be someone good to work with. And, you know, Spag and I got together, um, you know, had a phone call, just, you know, had a quick discussion on kind of, well, what we did, and just from there, over the course of of uh, February, we kind of set things up and went ahead and built the teams out and did a bunch of uh, you know, back and forth. I did a lot of communication with uh, you know, some emails with Rick as well. We um, tried to make sure we kept uh, Tenno involved as well, since they were going to be the ones broadcasting. And it was more or less kind of uh, you know, it, it kind of turned into one of those ask for uh, ask for forgiveness later rather than permission now you know, it was, you know a lot of those things was like uh so hey what do you want for the format uh i just don't want this okay what about you what do you want i just don't want this all right so uh here's this you know, and what so, was the format for people listening what was the end of, what well ended up uh, the the initial format was uh a little wordy and it wasn't very good i know rip didn't like it and wanted to to meme on it on stream along with a couple of his buddies um, so I woke up to them tagging me on Twitter would have, would have been much nicer to have them, you know, talk to me in person, but, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, what did they say? I missed that. I'm usually reading everything on Twitter. What, what no, it, it was, it's, it's all right. They're basically, um, when I had first put the, the format out and just for, to be very, very transparent, like with that, when I got the format, I was basically told, uh, look, I just don't want Pokemon style. I don't want straight up Pokemon gotcha. style. And I was like, okay, cool. And when I went to ask, uh, you know, Tenno as well, what would be best for them? I didn't really get much. Um, when I asked Spag what they wanted, he, he just wanted to make sure that Anakin and Joey couldn't carry the team. And he also wanted to make sure that all of the EU players got to be featured. So that's what kind of created a little bit of difficulty where we can't just do a straight up 10, you know, 10 v 10. And then once someone gets to six, it's over. Um, you know, we, we've got to figure out a way to do this. So did some brainstorming, um, eventually we worked out, uh, having a first round where, you know, we would have, I can't, I can't remember the exact format. I think the first, we were going to do like a pick counter pick format 
and then we we're going to do that twice. And then whoever was left, I guess that's what would be declared the winner. Um, again, I didn't like it when I had first written it. I had, it was too wordy for me. It wasn't easy to understand as so, so uneasy to understand that I can't even remember it now, but the got some, you know, got, got some early feedback. Cause again, um, Rip decided to meme on it with a few of his boys and uh, tag me on Twitter, you know, rather than just, you know, DMing me and have with a suggestion. So that was irritating. And it was a little irritating as well to, you know, not have a face-to-face conversation, but you can't make people talk to you if they don't want to. They can talk about you all day, but they won't talk to you. Yeah. It's but, hard. Uh, That's the hardest thing about maybe doing something like, or that requires a lot of steps. Like, people just poke holes in it and stuff like yeah, that. It's, it's, like, it's, 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 it's frustrating. It's like, you know, cool. Like, what are you doing again? Like, Oh, all right. Well, you're not helping. So yeah. It sounds I, like I appreciate it. Like, you know, like I, don't get me wrong. Like I do appreciate the feedback, but I, I would appreciate constructive feedback a little more, you know, just instead of just, you know, Oi, Oi, bruv, what is this format? Blah, blah, blah. This, bruv, this format is shambles, bruv. Like, no, you know, okay. Like, you kept saying Rip, but you you meant Spag was the one who's no, no, no. It was it was Rip that did that. Oh, it was <laughs> no, it was straight up Rip. It was, spaghetti Rip didn't do that. Rip. Oh, you said that. you said Oi, bruv. That was it was. I think it was uh, shortly after um, Joey Fury had done that whole thread where he was mimicking a uh, British, you know, right. slang and all that. So it was a little yeah, bit was of a play good, off of that. But you know, waking up to like six or eight people tagging you, harassing you about it, and then other people now you know being in your dms where you're like oh people don't like this format we need to do this and uh now all of a sudden you're hearing what the what some of the other people want when you had asked earlier they told someone else instead that that's how i had to get to okay so what's spag's ideal situation it seems like they would have preferred not to play anakin as much or a a format that favored anakin at all just for spag it was just a matter of we don't want Anakin and Joey to carry specifically those, and, and he would he would mention Shadow sometimes, uh, but v- mainly Anakin and Joey. Those okay, are the so I'm, I'm most worried about. I'm going to like provide additional context. A lot of the reason like this 10v10 was hyped for me as a, a spectator was Spag was talking so much shit for weeks, and to hear yep. like all this backroom dealing, like okay, like him hedging his bets and not you know not feeling like EU could take on anyone as much like it. That's well, don't get me, yeah, don't me. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like Spag did, I, I I could not like Spag did the best job promoting this. There is no one that could have promoted this better than Spag. Right. Simple right. and plain. This the EU NA thing. Um, you know, with his his willingness to say things as well as willingness That's promotion, to promotion. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he, he he puts that he puts that lawyer degree to to good use there. You know, he knows he knows what to say and what not to say. So. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, yeah. he did a he did an amazing job. He did an amazing job on commentary as well. I mean, like his his trash talking did a lot to kind of provoke the Americans to start responding. That was a huge part of that. If without Spag being out there needling the American players, who to be quite honest, just didn't seem very hungry for it, they just wanted to play and have a good time. Um, Spag going out there and con- all, constantly challenging them and having the other EU players do things. You know that was the other thing too. We wanted we wanted the players to go out there and help promote as well. That's why when Joey went out there and started talking trash, it helped a ton. I mean, yeah, it's look, like wrestling cut cut a promo. Get, get you your wrestling cut a promo. You got it. You know, but that was that was just the like I said with the format. The big things I got was we just don't want it so that one or two people can carry the the, te- the entire team and no straight up Pokemon style. Um, and then 
you know, in the end, we ended up going with, uh, uh, you know, for, I had wanted to originally, you know, set up the matches. So we were kind of looking at what matches did we think would be very exciting for first round. Um, Tenno wanted to do a random drawing. Uh, I thought they wanted to do random on site and it was actually like, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. If I wanted to see TWT finals, I'd see TWT finals. <laughs> but then it was clarified for me. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to do that ahead of time. It's like, oh, oh, that's much better. That's actually like super good. That's okay. No, no, no. I'm completely on board now. And so that's, we, we set up the, uh, they want to set up with the captains. Um, you know, I probably should have demanded that I'd be a part of that as well. Um, especially since I was one of the co-coordinators here. And, uh, but, you know, Spag being a part of 10, I was a part of it. Uh, we got those first, that first round drawn. And I, I'd be honest with y'all, when I, that first round came out, ooh, someone must have been watching out for me because some, those, those were matches that I was wanting to have. <laughs> like <laughs> Tetsu versus Victim of Ritual, I wanted that one bad. I thought that one was going to be a banger. I wanted um, – uh, Sefi Black versus Joe Crush. That was another one that I wanted. Yeah, that one was Bobby. really good. And um, uh, Justin Iglesias versus Joker. That was another one that I had really, really wanted. So I had got, I kind of got spoiled a little bit. I had like three or four matches that I had wanted, you know, because I thought they would be exciting and just the matchup styles would be hype. But by nature of ran- of the random select, by nature of drawing out of the hats, we ended up having a couple. And I'll be honest with you, we ended up having a better first you know, round than if we had set it up, even with the matches that we got that I wanted, you know, it, it, it was so perfect. You know, yeah, it was I very st- unpredictable when, when you watch those matches, you couldn't really tell what was going to happen because EU was pulling ahead at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was, it was back and forth the whole evening, which is, which is how we wanted speed kicks. Speed kicks understood that he, uh, when we were, you know, we were talking for a little bit and he was said, that, you know, he's like, I hate, I love and hate this. Cause you know, I, I'm excited that this is going to be exciting. But I also want to just stomp them out. And, yeah. But I understand. But he understands. We got to put on a show. We got to make things interesting. You know, we had I had a few people tell him, you know, mentioning that they thought that the U.S. team was weak and that they were going to lose to the EU. Um, you know, I, I know. I think Spag just convinced people that I felt like I was taking. Oh no, drugs. no! I, I kept seeing all these EU tweets. I was like, "What the fuck? Are, are they actually like this good?" Because like you see the meme, uh, "This is your country," and it's like the American flag going into like a trash <laughs> can. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, my, dude, my are man. they actually just godlike? And then, yeah, like, yeah, my guy, like Bloodhawk was you. Bloodhawk even said, "I think you know that the EU. He 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 prefer he liked the EU team." So. You know, it, this is just, to me. It was just another final round. It was just another final round. It was another. It was another time of people complaining about their pools or their brackets, and then I knew that okay. Well, once the event starts, it's going to be more than hype, and people are going to enjoy it. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the very first match being Landon versus Gosane, when we had those two talking trash to each other on a stream, like yeah. I couldn't have. I couldn't have been asked for better. And of course, you know, EU got super excited. They got that first win and they were, con- I knew they'd be confident with Tetsu because he's an up and comer, but I know. So here, here's, the, here's the thing here that uh, I think is what allowed the U.S. to win. Not only do we have the best players, um, you know, we have, in my opinion, we have the best players in the world, simple and plain. Um, Anakin is a monster, but I have been doing this for 20 years, y'all. Do you think that I just watch American Tekken? Probably not. 
Yeah, I probably yeah. should. Yeah, you know, especially if I'm running events with international players present, I got to be up to speed on international players, right? Yeah. So there's a reason why I follow, t- you know, community tos in other regions. On you know people, you know, there's a reason why I follow the elf folks over in the UK. There's a reason why, you know, I follow different entities in Korea, Japan, the Philippines. It's so that I can keep track of the Tekken community, not just American Tekken. And so when I, you know, when I had, when I saw the list that they had, that they were likely going to have, I knew we were going to be fine. We were going to have our five killers and, you know, which, you know, Emily was actually one of those killers until all that happened. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but even then we had five up and coming players who I had all the faith in the world in. Yeah. You know, so I, I heard nothing throughout the month of March in february i'm sorry throughout the month of april you know and march about how strong the eu team was and that was you know promotional purposes is always good but i heard american folks doubting that as well and so the i i can't lie you 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 don't stick around this long without being a little petty so it was good to good to sit there and kind of do the mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think the funniest <laughs> part too is okay so if eu had won that 10 v 10 so it ended up being 10 a right was yes, the sir. final score so if EU had won, dude, like Twitter would have exploded. Like it would have been the most insane shit talk. Mm-hmm. But I feel like NA won, and it was like all the NA people were like, "Wow, that was really fun to watch," and like didn't talk shit. That like I feel like that's more salt in the wound. The fact that you know NA didn't exceed the level of you know you shit. I, I did some NA folks stooping to that level. I saw a lot actually, and, and you okay, know the okay. saying: one, you know, what the rule of ten. You, you know, what something good happens, one person says something. Something bad right. happens, ten people hear about it. So you, you, there was, you know, there's, there's plenty of bad actors out there who aren't even really a part of the community who are just, you know, bored people on Twitch who want to hop yeah, in. They see an opening for hate, pretty much. And you yeah. got it. You yeah. understand. Yeah. But I, I think this, it, that's, I think that was really what is. Do I think that there would have been a little bit more rah rah if the EU won? Maybe. I mean, they oh, were definitely man. hungrier. They were definitely hungrier, yeah. and they had every reason to be. So why you know why why wouldn't they and why yeah, shouldn't I, they you know if they had why shouldn't yeah, they yeah. they get the jet lag excuse this time hopefully there's another one in the future that's you know on their soil well there's something. there's definitely going to be a um a follow-up um just hold on, hold on. Before, we, before we talk about the future ones I, i'm just curious what was it like being in the room like can you talk about like that whole just being there like where, where are you standing and the crowd seemed pretty insane <laughs> yeah that's so, uh, wild, bro so if you Kamakor you... was dancing on stage, I was like, yeah. "Fuck, dude, this shit's <laughs> over, man." She's dancing. <laughs> done. Well, here's here's the again the 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 thankless part about being a to where you're the one doing making sure everything is flowing smoothly, you know, despite the fact that you know, you're not accredited for it, <laughs> with the exception of, of course, on the Combo Breaker website. And thankfully, the community had my back and made sure to, you know. Hey, you know, appreciate the work you did. Um, that that was very nice, especially since the whole time, you know, I was making sure to give everyone there just just do as well. Like, hey, Spag did a great job. You know, appreciate Tenno, appreciate Combo Breaker. So, make, having the community have my back there when it, things kind of didn't get reciprocated completely, that was very nice to have. You know, hopefully though, going forward, that won't be an issue. Hopefully, they'll, you know. They'll remember that they're got all the folks on the team that made it happen. <laughs> right. Um, so if if you're watching the footage, though, there's a, an individual with a, he's got a, a Black Panthers hat, a black face mask, and a, a, a like sky blue 
it's got this i've got the leroy uh tenno shirt on the good ass it's got like leroy mm. and sugar on it so it, it you'll see me walk by throughout like in different shots when they're showing the crowd and i'm i'm basically having to go between the teams you know for when we originally started i had you know most of the eu was on the side of the stage where closest to where the players were so if you're facing the stage they're to the right you know i was in the area behind the curtain back with the stream set up watching the stream and then being next to the commentary table as well and then as matches were going on i was walking out grabbing the next person say hey you're next you i need you to stand here let me go get your opponent i made that you know stand here at the stage when it's you know when you're when they finish you guys go to the stairs you wait there and then when the people in front of you are done you go up just priming people getting them ready and then having to keep flowing back and forth through that first round and the second round there was a little bit more legwork there was having to go back and forth between the teams because it was a pick counter pick so hey you have 30 seconds to make your selection who are you picking you know 5 4 3 2 1 you need to give me your pick now okay boom got it now let me go to the other team Here's who they picked. You got 30 seconds to counter pick, and having to do all that. So, damn, that, that shit was seamless on stream. Good shit. Yeah. Bro. So, I mean, that's you'll, you know, that's a lot of the time you don't see that happening because I'm cutting through. I'm trying to make sure that I'm waiting for when it's cut so that you don't just see me over there talking with people with my back to the camera and everything. Um, you know, otherwise you 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 can also see me snatch the swiss player off the stage that tried to to rush it at the beginning of kira kira and shadow oh what fuck i gotta i don't know if that i do remember that yeah they, they just that, got man. him off stage really, like right away <laughs> yeah uh, my boy shatry in town from st louis was there and grabbed his arm for me so he couldn't keep going and uh there was just enough for me to reach out and get an arm around his waist and i was like all right baby I haven't Sweet, su- I haven't suplexed somebody since i tore my knee up and couldn't do mma anymore i'm about to dump you <laughs> but we no, we just pulled him off the stage, and the the kid that we we snatched, he was super apologetic. Like he he felt really bad. Probably <laughs> had I, no uh, idea, right? <laughs> well, I mean, they, we had yelled at everybody because the, they had rushed the stage after um, uh, Gosain had won, and Rick had gotten up there and told everyone like, "Hey, do not rush the stage. If you know if that happens again, we're canceling this whole thing." Um, and then while I was walking around, I didn't even re- notice that. Um, I eat bamboo had gotten on stage with victim of ritual before the match. and was kind of coaching him. And then after victim one bamboo got on stage again and hugged him. And then, you know, when I saw, it, I was like, Oh no, 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 Jamie, get off stage, get off stage. And then unfortunately it wasn't in time. Chris, uh, you know, the executive producer for 10 came over there and snatched him by the collar and started cussing him out. And poor Jamie, he wasn't there when the EU had rushed the stage and no one had said anything to him when he was up there coaching Again, I was running around trying to make sure everything was primed and ready. Um, so, it, you know, it happens. You know, misunderstandings happen. And the whole thing, though, kind of kept going. But it, I, I don't want to talk about the things that went poorly, like, you know, leading up yeah. to it. Because yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there was definitely there's – there's some definite frustrations that occurred before. And there's some other frustrations that have occurred after. Um, but – I I don't want to put that out there, though. y'all. Yeah. I, I, like I said, watching I want to put good home, memories out there. We couldn't see any of that stuff, dude. Like everything looks so smooth watching it from. from uh, and then you know what? That's that's what's important. And I, I don't want people to sit there and be like, "Oh, well, this was you know that looked like it was great, but there was actually some mm, you know yeah. stuff." On. No, it wasn't anything crazy like that. There's is there some stuff that's been a problem for a few years that should probably be handled and shouldn't be problems anymore? Yeah, definitely. Is it going to be handled? 
probably not. I don't think that, you know, the people that need to make the changes are going to be inclined to do so anytime soon, but it is what it is. What matters is that we put on a great fucking show. Right. Like, yeah. That yeah. shit probably started. Probably the best I've seen in a while. Probably since like E-League or something like that. Like, it's, I it's appreciate that, man. Just like, but to be honest, we couldn't have done it without the players and the people that were there. Like that's, I mean, you take Spag and I out of the equation, it's still going to be hype because people are still interested. It, you know, you take 10-0 out of the equation, it's still going to be hype because there's still going to be a streamer that can stream it. You take the players out of it, though, you take the crowd out of it, we lost everything. So right. that's that's what made it all. So, I mean, those that I, I couldn't have been more grateful to the crowd at Combo Breaker. I couldn't have been more grateful to the folks watching at home. Like, it, it being able to kind of check social media and just see how many people and just see the general excitement. It's like seeing your kids open open up presents on Christmas. <laughs> you guys gonna say how is like, yeah. seeing all the reception? Like <laughs> I, I, I would have been on Twitter all night. I would just would have been staring at my phone or something. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's it's a good bit of Sunday after I had finally gotten to rest a little bit because thankfully they gave me top, the top eight Sunday off. I was a you know I took that time to start scrolling through and just saying okay, let's see. Uh, Let's you know, let's see uh, how it went. Let's, I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of people to complain about the length of time it took. I only saw two um, individuals complain about that. Oh, so I'm like, how, okay. Why would you? That's like it was on Pools Day. Well, what the fuck else is there? I, that's, like, I, that's the weirdest thing to complain about. I don't <laughs> want. I, I'm sick of pools, man. I mean, sometimes <laughs> pools is hype, but I'll take exhibitions over pools like any day of the week. Oh yeah. Well, and that was another hard, difficult thing to do was just you know with pools was trying to keep top, keep hype uh, matches on for pools for y'all. When we started in the morning, a little tough, but as we were able to get later in the day, we were able to pull stuff like later in the bracket. Then it's not then it's not as um, like you know cyber nin you know. Cybersex Ninja sixty nine versus two dank four twenty. You know, like no offense to anyone if that's actually their gamer tag. Yeah, they are both guests on this podcast, so it's yeah. just yeah. Too late, dude. Sad face. <laughs> but you know, the players did so much. Like the EU players, especially. Like that's a yeah, lot they, they rolled out deep, dude. That's a lot of flights. They rolled and, deep. Y'all, and the fact that not, and it wasn't just the fact they had enough people for a team, they had enough people to have an effective voice in the crowd. Like, yeah. They were hype, hype as all can get out. And it was so fun. Like, you know, like, and, you know, we, like we mentioned, it was, it kind of went, it just, the pendulum kept swinging. Gosain beats Landon. Oh, they're hype, hype, hype. And they're going, they're feeling even stronger because, okay, you know, we're feeling real good about Tetsu. So we're going to be up 2 0. And then, Double KO, like, dude. You, you couldn't. You could not have written a, a better situation. I feel like, like anyone watching from home had the same reaction that everyone in the crowd had. Like just your hands, you know, all over your head, and just like, what in the world just happened, dude? Oh man, I, I was. I'm. I'm surprised that I was. I didn't come over the comms, you know, during some of the stuff because while I was in the back, thankfully most of my voice was already gone. So when I was, you know. Something ha- hype would happen to just, uh, just <laughs> you know, screaming, you know, just couldn't have been happier. And, and dude, I'm, can we can we talk about like how amazing some of these players are and how criminal it is that they're not sponsored? Yeah, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that's going to change within the next couple of months. It had better. It yeah. had better. Especially Go now that WT announced. Fergus, yeah. like it's criminal. 
criminal, yeah. I tell you. Shout out to Cuddle. She got sponsored like right ahead of the tournament, and then she showed out like in Boston. Yeah, this was a big Man. tournament for her. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to watch. What did you think about when she uh, when she cuddle rocked on him? Oh my gosh, man, dude, that that's was cool cool. because that's the same match that she got uh tea bagged on, right? Yep. Yeah, that's why yep. that was so important because she came back from that. Yep, that was, and it, you know, the EU players they were hyping up Fujito, and hey, Fujito was raw, but you you could tell he's kind of he, he yeah, didn't he's have the little green, that, she, yeah, he didn't have the, the experience that Cuddle has. Like she's been too strong for too long, like. When you know when they kept talking about well you just can't get carried by Anakin and Joey it's like okay so Shadow Cuddle yeah. she's like top eight top. consistent man she beats like some Japanese and Korean players at tournaments like she's yeah, like, definitely she took not a... like the last round dude that shit yeah blew my... I mean, it didn't blow my mind but it was like dude this is like people can't doubt anymore because I saw some comments saying like wow I didn't know she was so good it's like dude yeah it's, and that's unfortunate people just think that you know she's People think that she's just representation at best. No, that girl was a killer and is a killer. Like yeah. she has always been trill. I mean, she, and this is someone who, you know, started going to, you know, I think she said she was 16 when she started going to tournaments. And, you know, while she was in college, she was focused on studying. So she wasn't able to play and practice as much. And then once she graduated, she was able to fully dive into it. And, you know, and she's one of the genuinely nicest people in the world. And all she wants to do is compete. She that's, that's just what she wants yeah. to do. She's not interested in any, she doesn't want to, she's not interested in being a celebrity. She's not interested in, you know, be, you know, cashing in on whatever, you know, she can, she's interested in competing. Yeah. She's one of the most unique competitors that we that we have in, in Tekken for sure. Like most people that are that nice are not that competitive, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. yeah she's yes. genuine we had her on probably like 15 episodes ago or maybe over 15 and she's oh yeah just too nice and too sincere and it's like her story is amazing like yeah she, she's she's she almost made us cry dude <laughs> yeah, uh, she's good episode listen to it i'll put it yeah. in the description <laughs> no, no I've, I've actually got y'all opening the tab here because i started listening to some of the the earlier episodes because i wanted to try oh, and, don't listen know. to the first yeah don't listen to any of the early ones okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll go to cuddle first i'll let that be my launch point. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you sure you, what about wouldn't it be nice though to i can go back see where y'all start and then i can come back and be like man look at y'all now i'm so yeah. proud <laughs> uh, I've been showing some of my friends who are not into the FGC about my, you know, about the podcast, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are like very interested just to see how I talk, you know, you know about something that's not related to anything they know about. So, mm-hmm. you know, they they like it, you know. So I'm pretty sure anyone that's in the FGC would like hearing the first episodes. But you can tell it's a big difference from episode one to you know ten and then twenty and so on and so forth. But it, it's pretty fun. It's been a lot of fun doing this. So, so Ice Man, I gotta ask your Iceage. Mm-hmm. Um, this probably like. You you were definitely into bringing exhibitions to the FGC and like promoting rivalries, but like, did this put like an even bigger battery in your back to like for the next thing or like? Well, I don't want to say what do you have planned next, but like, how how are you feeling after this and like, uh, how how did that like kind of how is that influencing your next step kind of thing? Well, to be honest, I, I'm I'm taking this week and next to just kind of let things be, um, you know the. My my initial, of course, when everything kind of initially went off, I was more I was so excited that we finally did it. This thing that we planned, that we were you know that we were hyped for, and we couldn't be more excited for it. Went off and it seemed to have gone off without a hitch. People seemed to have liked it. 
And then the next day, okay, they did like it. Okay, well, we got to finish this tournament. Um, you know, when I got home, I was I was just so excited. I wanted to start on the next thing. But at the same time, what made this such an awesome event overall was that just it, of how organic it was. I mean, I know that we had to do a little bit of promoting, a little bit of pushing. As you heard, there's a little bit of behind the scenes giving and taking that had to take place. But it, the, this was something that, you know, we had been away since COVID. We were all going to be together. First big major. The EU has been on the rise, especially during online. You know, it was it was the right time. Um, you know, we definitely wanted to. You know, we definitely want to do Korea versus Pakistan. Um, Oof, that would be uh, so good. Yeah, that's like yeah, super. So that's I, like the fucking World Cup, man. That's like yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm going to be involved in that one. That's a little bit of the frustration going on. Um, yeah. yeah. One, if there's any advice I can give to any of y'all, put your trademark on it and make sure there's a contract. <laughs> what, what, I'm trying to think what would be a cool name for these region region things, but it, yeah. if, as long as it happens, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, ex- exactly. That's the major thing. As long as it happens, but it's it always sucks to be like a part of what you know, part of what made this special, and then you know being potentially frozen out of, of future um, options or at least at the very least not being brought on until the very end when it's uh oh know. we need someone up we need, we need help we need help yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need so we need someone to help we need someone to spread word you know i i i, I don't know about that i i've done a lot i've i've done my in fact i will say this after combo breaker uh my days of service to the to the FGC, whether that be the fighting game community or the fighting game consumers, whatever you want to call it now, uh, my tour of duty is done. My service is done. I am only doing stuff going forward now if I want to or if I'm paid or if I'm paid what I'm worth for it. Um, right. You know, and so now that doesn't mean I'm not going to help because what I want to do is help a lot of these other online events that have been going on and they deserve a platform and they deserve having some of these stronger players come on and they deserve having known commentators come on to help them out. Um, you know, getting right back to the community. Um, so after that first day of, you know, the little morning after with the, you like Rick had put Rick had tweeted out after a combo breaker, you go through a little bit of the post tournament blues. There's the man, like I, you know, I'm glad things went well for everybody, and I'm glad that I was able to be a part of that. I wish I had gotten more time to spend with some of the friends. I I don't know when I'm going to get to see them again. Right, you're just running around working the whole time. Yeah, and and not only that, you know, I'll, I'll be. You know, Combo Breaker was very bittersweet for me because, um, you know, I, I've been doing this for a very long time, and this was the first major that I didn't get to see some very good friends at because um, the, we've, we've lost them. You know, they're no longer with us. Um, right. You know, Mar- Marquette Yarborough, rest in peace, AKA Law Chang, also known as Mick former, you know, Evo finalist for soul caliber. I think he might've even won an Evo. Uh, one of the best soul caliber players to have ever existed. One of the best Julia players to have ever existed was one of the top Julia players in the U S for tag one for Tekken, even Tekken four, as much as he hated it. <laughs> um, you know, Mick was um, tragically murdered in his own home by someone that um, he was helping out. And um, also flash Gordon, AKA 
or Flash G, a.k.a. John Gorn, based out of uh, New York, old school super turbo legend. Um, just, you know, real good friend of mine. Him and I would get up. That's that's one of the people that I would be most excited to see. And he uh, he lost his battle. He lost the, the battle with MS and is no longer with us as well. So, you know, that 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 was really, really tough. And that kind of compiled with some of the previous experiences, like when Wing, we lost Wing Zero, Richard Warren, the one of the top Nina players in the world for Tekken 5 and DR. Um, it was that that sucked. You know, that was that that sucked a lot. But at the same time, it was it was nice to. It was nice to kind of believe that they were still there. You know, it's like, well, now they can definitely come. They don't got to worry about the plane tickets. They'll be here in spirit for sure. That was, right. that was, uh, I mean, I, I, it's, I, I don't have the words to really describe how much that hurts. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, once, when you feel it, when you feel it come, you just, you know, I, I basically had to just kind of find myself a, a spot in the darkness and, let let it process and all right is it done all right we gotta get back out there and get back to work <laughs> that's tough man rest in peace yeah yeah r.i.p that's it something is. that i remember strong uh strong style was also one of those tournaments that was also dedicated to like some of the fallen players from from norcal too mm-hmm. and you know it's pretty nice that you're still you know you're you're pushing through that and at least doing it for them you know so you know props yeah. to you too man yeah i mean it's 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 not my first rodeo in fact i, I know a lot of folks probably heard the story about final round. Um, I believe it was 16 where the Wednesday, you know, the event started Friday, Wednesday, the week of the event, Shin Blanca's mother passes away. Um, he had a, he did he had a very emotional like opening day speech that he gave and kind of thanked everybody. Um, you know, that was the community was amazing. They rallied around him big time something that a lot of people don't know. And I mean, maybe this is my own fault because I, I tend to, I tend to keep a lot of stuff that happens to just conversations rather than typing it out for the internet. Um, right. You know, I, my, my grandfather who I was providing hospice care for around that time, um, I mentioned earlier, he passed away um, while I was running soul caliber brackets. You know, I got the phone call from my father that he had, that, you know, his dad had passed. You know, and so I went upstairs for an hour cried my eyes out and then went, had to go right back down and get back to running brackets and finishing up. And the only people that were aware of it were basically the final round staff and a couple of, a couple of people from Myrtle beach, South Carolina that, that were staying with me. So I mean, it's, these things are tough, man. I mean, it's, it's a thankless gig and that's, it's so frustrating when you see a lot of these players not understand, like, look, this was Christmas morning for y'all. Like, we we work hard. We might not have the money to buy the presents that you'll want, but there's a there's a lot goes into that. And I mean the result the results are obvious. Like look at what look what people were able to do with the 10v10. There's content being made about it. Hell, I'm getting an opportunity to talk to you guys about it because of it. Um I mean people have been doing streams and YouTube. So what anything we can do to keep doing stuff like that, that's gonna be ultimately what's most important because I mean, we're all going to deal with loss. We're all going to deal with that. So we might as well keep building. Yeah, yeah, that's like, I feel like a lot of people are like young in the fighting game community. So it's like a lot of them haven't dealt with loss compared to like maybe older communities, you know, average age and stuff like that. So it's definitely something like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's People should prepare, not prepare themselves for it, but just, you know, make sure you 
tell people you care about them and things like that. Well, it's it's you know it's, it's difficult when you've got a lot of folks who are in their you know eighteen to twenty six you know around that age. You're, you're, people are trying to find purpose. You know that's you know if you you're either going to the military, you're going to school, you're having to enter the workforce. You're trying to find a purpose. You're not just a kid anymore. You got to find something that validates you. And some people lean on this, whether or not that's healthy. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy at all, but yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, it's the risk that we have with kind of the age group that we're seeing. But hopefully now that some of our, now that we're getting some pl- play, former players like myself who are, you know, older, we've got kids, we're, you know, we're working, we're, you know, I have more than a, a bartender's, you know, wages. Now I'm making decent money right. to where I can reinvest that into the community. Now I can, pay to enter all the tournaments and then be like, yeah, you can DQ me. I don't care. I just wanted to support you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. So I know you're saying you, know, you may not be involved in future ones or you may be, and maybe you don't well, want to give away your best ideas for exhibitions, uh, but do you have I like dream say, ideas. Oh, definitely. I was going to say the most I can say right now that for sure is on the plate is uh, it looks like we're going to try and run Atlanta battle opera again. Um, that was an event that was put together by um, Shola and poke chop out of ATL. Um, John last John and AKA blacks a million and myself went down there and ran, ran it for him. Um, there's a, a relatively new TO named Moni who she just, uh, reached out and wanted to, and you know, asked about an Atlanta, Texas, you know, grudge match. Uh, I tagged, you know, a couple of the Atlantic Atlanta guys and they're already ready and looks like Texas wants to do it too. So might be something fun there to set up for, uh, maybe a big dojo event. Yeah, um, and we we've been, we've had all was it Uncle Caps on the show from Detroit, and he's he's been telling us that a Detroit versus Atlanta is happening, but that shit was supposed to happen months ago. So it yeah, should it's supposed to happen it should help twenty two. <laughs> yeah, shoot, I I think that'd be one we could do. Uh, might be, might might be uh, worth exploring. Maybe do a little uh, four team bracket, a little Texas, Atlanta, Michigan, and New York. That'd be so dope, man. Yeah, and there's you know what I like that. I, sh- I should come on here more often and talk to you guys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Suge- I'm actually when we get done. I'm actually gonna send that suggestions and let's we'll kick that around because I think. Well, that'd be well he he came on and said it was for sure gonna happen. That um, yeah, I forget. Awesome. I think he said Atlanta was gonna travel to Detroit. Detroit's gonna travel to Atlanta, and that I think that was the issue. Yeah. Actually, they couldn't figure out who's gonna go to who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something that like makes that. Sense. But they said Atlanta it was happening Detroit. in March. Atlanta and Detroit have always had it like it's almost always been a brotherhood between the two cities because. Michigan is the Michigan FGC is probably the only FGC that talks as much trash as as Atlanta does, <laughs> and the, you know, and at the same time, as soon as they're done talking, they're like, "All right, cool, we're all friends, let's go do this." I definitely got that vibe from Uncle, uh, Uncle Caps or the, the Corn People. Is they, they yeah. talk a lot of shit. And they they love Atlanta and yeah. it's sort of symbiotic. But, but wait, shout out to shout out to Uncle Caps. He was a uh, he was over there at the stage with me, and I and I told him like, "Look, if anyone gets by you, just beat the dog shit out of them <laughs> if they get on stage." <laughs> but yeah, no, that's for Patrick. sure. Yeah, and that's I'll my favorite what, episode. So you guys got to—he's the funniest guy for sure. One of the yeah. funniest guys. Caps is hysterical. He's been around for a while too. He's he's seen some things, so he could probably tell you about some of the the dirty stuff we've seen behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, he's he let did. us know. Yeah, he let yeah. us know. <laughs> But um, no, that's that's awesome, man. So any, uh, I guess we'll, we'll close it up on this. I know it's one one eight one twelve a.m. where you are. Future oh, events this year, <laughs> yeah. Future, I know, yeah. You got to get up early, man. Future events this year, and uh, yeah. Well, what do you got next, and what do you want to cl- um, what do you want to say to people listening? No, I don't really have much in terms of 
anything to shill for myself personally, if anything, always support your locals. Um, make it a point to, you know, play, play in a, play in an online tournament once a week or once every other week, as well as support your w- locals, whether they be weekly or biweekly. That's the only way you're going to get better. And that's the only way we're going to get more money in this scene is if we keep investing into it. And if you don't have the money to invest, at least invest your time. Um, and then just otherwise, like, y'all, this, this is a hobby. I understand that there are some people who are trying to make a living off of it. And if you can, God bless you. I'm happy for you. But never don't don't forget this is a hobby for most of if most of us. And so let's actually be excellent to each other. Let's mm-hmm. not let's not, you know, run our mouths and and think that we're not gonna see these people in person later. Cause offline's back, y'all. Offline's yeah. back. So if you got some folks who you might be nervous about seeing it. Might be time to squash that beef. I'm bringing security with me in the next yeah, local I yeah. go to. Dude. I'm going to get my ass kicked, man. I've seen some Twitch chats <laughs> due to that. I'm just like, there's no way these people have actually talked like this in person. You know, like yeah, some nah. people just talk crazy online. But it's 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 a shame too, because you know what? A lot of people will sit there and say, "Oh, well, their online persona is different from the offline persona." You know, I've been on the internet since God, like 1996, 94. 97 ish you know back when it was just mosaic was the web browser and we couldn't even have pictures like the internet has always been the same thing as money money is the same as anonymity and that all it does is enhance who you really are because all it does is help you avoid accountability so it reveals your true self and that's when we see these people when they're like that's not who i am it's like no that's like you know I'll, i'll end it with this um, the reason I say this is because with the situation we had with Emily, I am by no means a trained crisis counselor, but I had people who were more concerned about the exhibition than they were about an individual who was a suicide risk. Yeah, I know people are giving you shit, but you handle that correctly. There's no reason yeah, to um, and, I, and, I, and I will tell each and every person in person, if needed, to suck my entire dick from the back <laughs> if they have a problem yeah. with how I handled that. Yeah, so for context, Emily was still on the 10v10 team, and then the the whole Discord conversations leaked where she was saying uh, unsavory things about oh, Shadow, yeah. racist things, and yeah. maybe maybe just being, like, crazy and stuff like Or not crazy, I'm not going to use that word, but, like, um, being very unsavory, right? And um, uh, everyone looked to, was it uh, Isage here, Josh, and was like, hey, well, you got to remove her from the team. It's like, well, dude, she just got piled on by everyone, so just give it a second. Yeah. <laughs> make sure yeah. they don't jump off a building or something yeah, like really that's because i mean i i mean i i was in a meeting for work when i got the when i got like three or five text three to five text messages just like bzz, 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 bzz. i'm like what the shit i checked my phone again i'm in a meeting this is how i pay my bills this is how i feed my child and my wife like right and all of a sudden in the middle of a meeting my phone explodes and i have to excuse myself with my boss in the room over fighting <laughs> games for fighting games, yeah, <laughs> and, be, and it was, and it, to be honest, it wasn't for fighting games. It was like I had, I had, yeah, yeah, literally three that, different people yeah. were like, you know, two of the messages were, "Hey, this just happened," and then the other three were, "Hey, this just happened," and I'm very concerned because Emily has a his, you know, there's there's a history, and they they could be a suicide risk. So my the only 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 concern I had is. Let's make sure the 
Emily's okay. That there's nothing. That nothing drastic is going to happen. You know, and because when we got on the phone with her, I'm like, look, I'm not here to yell at you and tell you what you did wrong. I'm here to listen. And I just I just talked to her for an hour and a half. And then once we were done, I was like, look, you know, you're more than likely not going to be able to be on the team. She wanted to resign from the team. And I said, look, I'm not going to announce anything yet. And I don't want you to announce anything because, and this is the thing that makes me the most upset with, with folks, especially some of the people that were pressuring me to get rid of her, you know, because they were more concerned with the success of the event. Um, and, and, and I'll put this out as well. If you're going to collaborate with somebody, don't, don't, don't threaten them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. You know, so that's, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Don't ever threaten me if I'm helping you out with something. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, had basically a, a minor threat made about, okay, well, maybe we you know, won't be a part of this if she is. And it's like, you need to shut the fuck up right now because I'm trying to make sure this person doesn't kill themselves literally while you're messaging me. So I'm going to need you to fuck off. Right. And yeah. hopefully people understand the severity of that. I know that's probably not the most professional way. They might not like that. Ooh, a T.O. But no, seriously, kids, fuck off. <laughs> like yeah. if, I'm, if I'm having to take care of something because y'all are trying to make it worse, fuck off. So once we got Emily, you know, we got Emily, made, for, made sure she was okay. And again, what made me the most upset, they were wanting me to make this decision and kick her off the team before I had even gotten a chance to talk with Shadow. Right. Like the actual victim in all of this. Right. Yeah. Like how fucking dare you? <laughs> how how dare you just make this decision for this person? You know, once once because that was that was the process. After we made sure Emily was okay, very cool. I had to wait about an hour for Shadow to be available. As soon as Shadow was available, called him up. Shadow was good. That's all I could ask for. He was okay. You know, didn't like what had happened. Obviously wasn't you know really looking and also wanted to make sure is there anything that you need to see happen come from this like does she need to do is there a need what needs to happen and shadow shadow doesn't have you know uh, a malicious bone in his body you know all this stuff had just happened and he was like no nah, just you know we're good just you know it sounds like she's going to be off the team and i'm good you know made and then i made sure to you know Message Junior as well, big bro, and say, hey, this stuff just happened. You know, do me a favor. Can you keep an eye on Shadow for for us? Just make sure he's okay and everything. You know, big June, make sure to hit me up that night that everything was okay. And that's that's what I want to leave people with is caring about other people. I know it's hard to do that when you're grinding away in ranked mode. And other players become just an obnoxious screen name that key charges on you. But <laughs> this is offline's back. Well, you're going to see people. You're going to have to remember your house training. It's been a while, but you're going to have to remember <laughs> it. And so just take care of each other, y'all. Take care of each other. Like, I, I'll be honest with y'all. The moment that I see that a majority of the FGC is taking care of each other, that's the moment that I'm like, I'm retired, retired. I'm I'm gonna go watch all the Netflix and I'm just gonna be the guy that you know gifts streams, you know, does gifted subs on streams. I'm done. But until I have that confidence that people are going to do that, I'm gonna be here so there's at least somebody that's going to speak up for the community 
even when the companies are forgetting that the community is who they're serving. Well said, well said. Where can the people uh, f- find you on Twitter, man? Everyone should Y'all everyone can follow, follow me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Isage, I-C-E-G-E. Um, I stream Madden sometimes because I don't like myself very much. <laughs> but I, I like football. Twitch.tv slash Isage, I-C-E-G-E. Um, okay. Those will be in the description, guys. So scroll down. You'll see all his links in the description. But and I mean, we're, we're also going to put the VOD of the 10v10 that you helped organize. So I appreciate that. But if it, you know, just y'all follow these online, follow the locals, follow these guys here, the content that y'all are creating. This is stuff that we need because this, like you were mentioning, Oh, your friends like, that aren't part of the FGC like to hear this stuff. Yeah. They like to hear you talk about it. So this is, this is the type of content we need. So everyone just be good to each other. Let's collaborate more. Collaboration is the key. Clout is not. <laughs> Yeah. One, one awesome. thing that I'll, I will say is that, dude, you definitely got me like this whole event got me to respect EU a lot more. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one because I used to always see them as like, oh, we're, we're, we're definitely better than them. But I never gave them the credit. You know, like, I knew that they had a couple good players, but I never really gave them like their credit until I saw this 10 v 10. So I think that's also has a lot to do with the matchups. You know, like you said, they were perfect matchups and a lot of them showed uh, the strengths of a lot of players. So I think a lot of people are going to be a lot more excited now to see, you know, EU come on, on board in any tournament. So, you know, That's good awesome. job to, every, to you and to everyone who, who was a part of this. This was a oh fantastic event, really, man. Let, let this man run the Korea versus Pakistan, man. That's the hashtag. Yeah. Well, let Isis yeah. run it. So we'll, we'll see. We, we, we need to build, do some time to see how Korea versus Pakistan develops. I, um, I definitely would like to be a part of that from the outset uh, rather than the end point. We'll, we'll, make, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, we'll see if it even happens, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the timing and setting has to be right, but, you know, guys, thank you so, so, so much again for what you're doing here for having me on and just you know, everything y'all are doing. In fact, I can't wait to go back and listen to the cuddle and all caps, um, you know, cast so that I can just sit there and be like, this is amazing. This is what I need. Yeah. There's some, some of them are hit or miss, but yeah, there's some good lore and yeah, that's the whole point, man. Get the lore out there. There's a lot yeah. of stories. All the behind the scenes stuff you said was awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's I, late I, there, I, man. I feel bad. It's one a.m. It's like fuck. I, it's it's not a problem at all. I, I as you probably tell, if you just give me a, if you let me get started, I'll talk until someone shuts me up. So <laughs> <laughs> ADHD is a hell of a drug. <laughs> the best guest, dude. So thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, I, I, so thank you all again. I, I had a lot of fun, and hey, hopefully, you know, hopefully this didn't take away any of the mystique of it. Hopefully, it you know maybe made it a little more real to where this is for sure it's it's not just a show like there's this is real stuff going on behind these scenes that happens yeah for sure man awesome all right thank you josh appreciate it hey kadar in i really appreciate y'all thanks again what's up guys this is kadar coming at you at the end of the podcast i really hope you guys enjoyed that episode uh this is a disclaimer to the people who don't follow us on social media and things like that you've probably noticed Less episodes going up. Uh, podcast isn't canceled or anything like that. We're just uh, taking more time between episodes, and um, there's really not much to talk about Tekken related. We have guests on the docket, but we kind of want to wait till something comes up with Tekken 8 so we can kind of um, mix up what we talk about on the podcast because, you know, there's a lot of the, there's sort of a pattern going on with a lot of the episodes, and um, maybe it's not a bad thing. A lot of people enjoy it, but, uh, 
definitely mix it up with things to talk about. So um, we're going to wait for Tekken 8 news to come out. Uh, a lot of you guys left voicemails. We're going to get to those voicemails. Luckily, they'll be relevant um, whenever the next episodes go up. I got to move to San Diego, so I'm really busy right now. Ian's got to move as well. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we're just both really busy right now. So podcast is going to come back to the weekly format, but um, basically just just pray we get some Tekken 8 news because we're in the doldrums of not much news. So, uh Appreciate you guys, and here's a voicemail. What's up, boys? It's Brandon from the North County. And I was wondering if you guys could have R. Kelly call you and sing you what one song. What song would that be? Let me know, boys. Peace. Sometimes when I'm with my chick on the low, I'm a flirt. And when she's with a man looking at me, then right, I'm a flirt. So, homie, don't bring your girl to leave me, cause I'm a flirt. And baby, don't bring your girlfriend to eat, cause I'm a flirt. Please believe it, unless your game is tight and you trust her. Then don't bring around me, boy. Walk up in the club with a bad chick And she's looking at me, then I'm gonna hit Man, back as a chick, so I tried to quit But I'm a player homie, so I had to hit it While you're buying the drinks and up Acting like you in Stunting like you are We were switching up She looking at you and I walk by You turn your head, she wink her eye I can't help it if she checking for She be calling me daddy I be calling her mommy She be calling you When your name is I don't know what y'all be thinking when you bring around me. Let me remind you that I am the king of Do you know what that means? That means if you love your chick, don't bring it to the VIP. Cause I might leave with your chick. Just keeping it real, my nigga. It's a player's field, my nigga. Don't take no chick to the club when you just met him. Cause I'm a flirt with her. And he gon' flirt with her. And if she looking at good she she gon' flirt with her. Soon as I see him walk up in.